Hey everybody, welcome to the latest edition of the Postcast, production of the Casper Star Tribune and Pokes Authority. I am Davis Potter, Wyoming well, beat writer for the Star Tribune, and I'm joined, as I always am, by our Wild Varsity Preps writer, Brady Oltmans, who is on the phone up in Casper. Brady, uh, whoa. Yeah. I mean, most people who li- listen to this know you at this point. I just... Sort of skipping the intro and just saying whoa, because uh, I think that's that's warranted on uh, this day after the upset. Yeah, yeah. A quick. I think this might be the Pokes cast first. Shout out to Joey Lawrence with the whoa. Um, <laughs> actually, I think his was more like a whoa rather than the last one. But um, I mean. That's a win. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that is a win. That is a fact. That is that's uh, no undefeated against SCC opponents at War Memorial Stadium. Um, what well, I mean, I'm very curious. I'm, I know we'll get into it, and you'll kind of explain how things went, what worked well for the Pokes and stuff. But um, just. Generally speaking, I'm I'm curious to see if you can speak on it. What what really did we learn about this Cowboys team just from the opener? Because that's, I mean, I there was a lot of promise for this season, especially with kind of the off the a long wait of the off season and how the strong they finished last year. But I don't think anybody was expecting that performance on saturday night yeah yeah so uh we yeah we'll we'll, uh we'll dive into that but um yeah i can't say that i uh expected to be uh recording a podcast with you on the sunday after the missouri wyoming game talking about a wyoming win so uh most if not all of you who are listening to this know by now uh Wyoming uh, sent shockwaves sort of around the college football world yesterday with the upset of Missouri, their first Power 5 win since 2008, and their first Power 5 win in the Craig Bowl era, which obviously dates back the last six years, since 2014. They had been 0-8 uh, under him under power, against Power 5 teams until last night. But yeah, we just wanted to come on here and uh, quickly uh, just sort of analyze what happened last night and how, uh, how Wyoming pulled it off and... Um, Brady, I will get to uh, I will get to those questions here in a minute, but yeah. I just want to. I mean, I, there's a lot of places you can start with this game, but here's the bottom line: like everything that had to happen, because Wyoming came to the, into this game an 18 point underdog in, in, in Vegas. That was sort of the consensus line. Uh, it actually, they actually opened as a 14 point dog, and it actually. Uh, the line grew to 18 by uh, the end of the week. So, uh, you know, I mean, we talked about nobody really expected Wyoming to pull this off. Well, I mean, anybody that's listened to this podcast last week knows we. I certainly didn't. You certainly didn't. Um, but everything that had to go right for Wyoming went right. I mean, it was one of those nights where, you know, all the stars sort of aligned. And, uh, you know, Wyoming was – able to you know hang around and that was the interesting thing because they had to come back from a 14-0 hole um before you know the five minute mark of the first quarter i mean they you know missouri went down the first two drives like 
you know, a hot knife through butter and had a 14-0 lead within the first nine or ten minutes. But, you know, before you could say, well, this one's over, um, you know, Wyoming gets – they finally sustain a drive there uh, late in the first – early in the second quarter and get the field goal. And then it was like boom, 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 one after the other. I mean, you had the the fumble uh, scooped up by C.J. Colden and uh, returned for a touchdown. So – um, uh, by the way, welcome back, CJ Colden. <laughs> That's a heck of a way to come back after missing all of uh, or the last nine games of last year with that uh, arm injury he had. And then, um, you know, you had Xavier Valaday rip off the, the 61 yard touchdown to give him the lead. And then bam, Sean Chambers, the next possession, you know, hits, hits that dude, bounces outside, hits that dude with a stiff arm. And uh, that was all she wrote for that. And, you know, outraced their defense for a 75 yard score. And, just hit them with an onslaught, man. After the first quarter, I think they, um, you know, they uh, outscored uh, Missouri twenty-seven to three. Um, you know, over a stretch, uh, and ended up taking the taking a, a double-digit lead into halftime. After you know, Wyoming forced the fumble on the goal line, and Elijah Halliburton tried to outrun Kelly Bryant. He that wasn't going to happen, but. Um, you know, Kelly Bryant tackled him, uh, you know, as time expired, but pulled him down by the horse collar. And, uh, obviously you can't do that. That's a horse collar penalty and gave him an untimed down and, um, gave him the field goal to add to the lead. So, uh, but, but that's the thing, man, that we talked about last week that they had to, they had to win the turnover margin. I said they had to force at least four or five turnovers to have a shot. And I, I, I said four or five because I figured, uh, Wyoming would turn it over at least once or twice uh, going against that Missouri defense. But, you know, Wyoming yeah. did not turn it over one time. Um, and, you know, forced three turnovers, so they pl- finished plus three uh, in the turnover margin. They had to hit some big plays. Uh, they weren't going to be able to sustain uh, drives consistently. Now, they had they had a few, uh, you know, 10, 11, a couple of 10, 11 play drives, um, you know, where they executed and, and took some time off the clock and, and, and found the end zone at the end but uh you know you mentioned the the uh, the run by Valaday obviously uh, Sean ripping off the, the long touchdown run I mean you had to have those uh big plays to uh you know give yourself a chance uh, and th- there was a long completion uh from Sean I think like a 20 25 yarder uh, down to Austin Conway that everybody thought he scored on um I thought he did score I thought the ball was uh, across the playing uh, when his knee was down but I mean they you know they overturned it and uh said he's down at the half yard line but they scored two yards later on Trey Smith's touchdown run so um I mean you need all of those ingredients for you to have a shot and and for two of those um turnovers to come basically inside the five yard line with the fumble right before half and then um you know they uh Wyoming or Missouri you know they, they had the uh, the touchdown they thought to to their big tight end uh, you know, coming out of halftime in their opening possession of the third quarter, but that was called back for offensive pass interference in the next possession. I don't, I really don't know what Kelly Bryant was doing, but threw an awful interception uh, to Cash Maloui in the back of the end zone. Um, so, you know, timely turnovers, and then obviously the defensive score. I mean, that you, you look at it on the scoreboard, thirty-seven, thirty-one. That ended up being the difference in the ball game, the defensive touchdown. But um, I think the biggest thing, the, the takeaway from me. Um, because you knew all they, Wyoming had to have all those elements, but what you didn't see coming, and I, or I did certainly did not see coming, is the way 
Uh, Wyoming just dominated the line of scrimmage at times, particularly on the offensive line. I mean, for them to, you know, just basically maul an SEC defensive line that's got more depth and you would think has more talent uh, as a Power 5 program. I mean, for, for Wyoming to pull off 297 rushing yards and average more than seven, seven yards a carry, I mean, that's – you always talk about Craig Bowl and, and being a physical team and, and that being what this program is built on. But, man, I don't, I don't think anybody saw the kind of domination up front because they dominated an SEC defensive line last night. I mean, for them to, you know, rush for over, like I said, more than seven yards a carry. I mean, they averaged 7.1 yards every time they ran the ball. So that, to me, was sort of the biggest takeaway um, as, as to why they were able – because you can, you know, you can, you can create turnovers and, and you can have the big play every once in a while, but if you're not able to, uh, you know, milk some clock – uh, keep that offense, which which is explosive. I mean, they had 537 yards. Kelly Bryant accounted for 443 yards. I mean, we'll we'll get into some of that a little bit later, but um, you know, they needed to be able to keep that offense off the field at times, and and you know that they. I wasn't sure that Wyoming was going to be able to play their style of football at least offensively. Uh, you know, particularly when they fell in that early 14-0 hole, because Craig Bull said after the game, you know, it it was getting to a point if they didn't come up with a turnover, they didn't uh, come up with some a drive that produced some sort of points there after that. It was getting to a point where they might have to abandon the run and and play and go to the air. And something else we'll get into later. This this passing offense still has a lot of, of, of work to do to to get to where it wants to be and help out help balance this offense out. Um, but if that they would have had to turn to a style of offense that that is far out of their comfort zone, and uh, you know they were able to just physically beat Missouri up front. I we talked on the last podcast kind of about um, the uh, you know, all the question marks surrounding this team. I mean, like defensively, there was the questions of you know losing so much talent on the front and then losing you know your two starting safeties for years. You know. And and then the unknown of what Sean Chambers yeah. going to be like now that he, you know uh, coming back fresh from injury, his spot, the running back by committee, the lack of depth on the offensive line because there's they were still determined in spots you know a week up to game time and and all of that I mean all of that really obviously yeah. it doesn't build encouragement but those were legitimate questions that were asked and I. In a four in in an hour of game time, all of those questions were answered. I mean, by and large, it's th- th- that the offensive line, especially, was one of the was yeah. the biggest one because you can't really do a whole lot if you're not able to keep the defense out of your backfield. But again, you, you mentioned the SEC teams just on average are the largest <laughs> in the country and. And I, even Washington State's last year, when it came to the war, they're a, they're a faster, more finesse team, and their line dwarfed Wyoming's. But the but but the Cowboys just imposed their will and in, impressed yeah. massively um, from what from what it looks like. And I I don't know what like at a certain point, I guess you kind of just don't you put. You have to reclassify Wyoming now in a different category. I mean, obviously, we'll, we'll talk. We have a lot to talk about yet, and we'll p- talk about Texas State later and how Wyoming will try to like 
look to improve upon this or like look to put this game away from the put this game away so they don't end up taking it into Texas State and taking a disastrous L there. But this this is a whole different team now. This is this why this Wyoming Cowboys team is in a whole different echelon, and the Mountain West has scored a lot of really good non-conference victories this last week. So it's really tough to see, like, you know, hierarchy-wise where they rank in it. But I mean, conference championship contender is is certainly still on the table for this team at this point. Premature evaluation, but what a what a showing! Yeah. Uh, and before we go any further, I do want to mention uh, we have blowout coverage of uh, the game out. last night at uh, trib.com and postauthority.com. Um, you know, that, that we got analysis. Uh, I've got a column up um, just talking, sort of hitting on that exactly about how this sort of changes the outlook and the expectation for um, the season going forward for Wyoming. Uh, there's video of Craig Bowl. There's video of Sean Chambers. We got a photo gallery. Um, so, which, uh, shout out to our photographer, Kayla Nemo, for getting those shots. Um, but six content items from last night's game up at trib.com and pokesauthority.com. So, if you have not checked that out, uh, be sure to do so. Uh, but you, were, you mentioned in the opening, uh, you know, what did we learn? Uh, about Wyoming in this game? Well, I think, first of all, um, you know, it's just that. It's, it's the physicality. And, again, I know, like, that's what Craig Bowles' programs are built on. They, you know, it, he's not going to change from from what he does. I mean, he, he has, you know, he's, he's a Tom Osborne disciple. That's his background, you know, being an assistant there and defensive coordinator there uh, for years. Um, you know, he has a brand, and he sticks to it, and he's not changing it. Um, now, obviously, with, with Sean at quarterback, there are obviously some some different elements and more shotgun stuff and uh, some different things that they're they obviously are implementing to take advantage of his his skill set. But um, you know, it's I mean, that's they're always going to be a physical run play action team, and for for them to just dominate, like I said, uh, an, an SEC defensive front. Um, I, I know Wyoming lost a few. Um, you know, key guys along that defensive line last year, from last year's team. But, um, it, I mean, you, you don't ever see group of five teams dominate power five teams the way that um, Wyoming did. And it, it was even on the uh, on the defensive side. You know, I, I know, you know, Missouri obviously churned out a, a ton of yards. Uh, but um, Wyoming held them to 114 rushing yards. And that's, you know – held them to 2.7 yards a rush. Kelly Bryant, you know, as, as much talk as there was about him and, and his mobility and, and for him being able to hurt you with his legs, um, you know, he finished with 20 net rushing yards. Now, in, in reality, he, he he finished with 38 because some of those, uh, you know, sack totals counting against your rushing yards in the college game. But still, I mean, th- even if 38 yards, to hold Kelly Bryant to 38 yards, they did a really good job of containing him inside the pocket for the most part and making him try to beat them through the air, which, I mean, he, he made a hell of an effort for it. I mean, he did everything he could do. I mean, he passed for 423 yards, a career high, uh, 31 to 48. Um, I mentioned the interception, but, uh, you know, a couple touchdowns. I mean, he I was, I was highly impressed with Kelly Bryant. And I think people forget, too, I mean, it's, you know, he played at Clemson and all that, but this is still his first game action in almost a full calendar year. So there was some 
um, you know, there was some rush, uh, rust to, to uh, brush off for both him and Sean. I mean, this is also Sean's, you know, first game back since that late season injury le- last year um, that cost him the rest of the season. So they sort of made them predictable in, in, in a way. I mean, Larry Roundtree, 1,200-yard rusher last year, um, you know, less than 50 yards rushing, I believe. And uh, after he fumbled late in the first half, I and mean, they, they pretty much – he pretty much sat on the bench. I mean, they went to Tyler Beatty there in the second half. But, um, I mean, Tyler Beatty was their leading rusher, 53 yards. Uh, so, uh, you know, Wyoming got it done on both sides of the ball at the line of scrimmage. And, you know, we've talked about this before, man. That's – I don't care what level of football you're at. That, that, that is where games are won and lost. And, yes, obviously – uh, when you're playing a Power Five team, you know you need those turnovers. You need some explosive plays, but um, you know they, they they really gave themselves a chance with that combined with uh, the way they performed in the line of scrimmage. So um, I, I think that's sort of the first thing you learn. And then number two, um, this passing game, as we mentioned earlier, with Sean Chambers, still has a long way to go. Uh, now, granted, they did not have to throw it a ton uh, with the way they were running the ball, but. Sean Chambers finished six of sixteen, and there were there were passes out there that obviously he could have made. And anybody that's that watched the game or is listening to this knows probably the passes I'm referring to. I mean, the the, the first scoring drive they should have had a touchdown. You know, when they had to settle for Cooper Ross' first field goal. Um, you know, they a perfect play call on the the play action, and, and Josh Harshman snuck out of the out of the backfield, and it was wide open in the end zone, and and Sean just short armed it. I mean, skip, you know, skipped it to him. I mean, probably two or three yards short of him, uh, and then um, it was midway through the fourth quarter when uh, Missouri was sort of making its comeback because at one point they, Missouri scored uh, fourteen of of the of seventeen points in the game. Uh, to, to cut it to that one possession lead uh, that Wyoming had, but they were up 34-24. Wyoming was, and they were driving way through the fourth quarter in, in the in the red zone. And there were uh, there were there was a pass that, or I think it was John O'Quali was wide open in the back of the end zone, and Sean again just just threw a, uh, a sort of a nosedive, <laughs> and it I mean topped him topped short of him about two or three yards, could have put the game away, and I think that's sort of the encouraging thing too. Uh, when you look back on this, is the fact that Wyoming could have put up 40, 45 points on in this game. And but here's the thing, man. Those are those are throws that Sean has to make. He knows he has to make them. He said after the game, you know, he was there were a little bit of nerves, and he was, you know, he he was almost too excited and and rushed some of those throws. Um, at least that's what he attributed some of that to. But when you are that physical run play action team. That's the whole reason you do it. I mean, when you're running the ball as effectively as they are, there are going to be receivers that are running wide open sometimes because the defense is so focused on the run game, and you have to be able to take advantage of that. And those were two prime examples of that. And, I mean, it wasn't even close. Some of those throws weren't even close. And so that that's an area of their game uh, you know, that they have to uh, make strides in. And we'll, we'll see – you know, maybe it was just the fact that it was his first game back since last season, since that injury, and playing, you know, a, a, a big-time opponent or a big-name opponent, and maybe he was just too jittery. Maybe, you know, you know, maybe he was rushing it, and maybe that, that's what all it was. But it that game didn't exactly alleviate any concerns that Wyoming fans might have about whether this offense can be more balanced going, in, uh, going into the rest of the season. Yeah, but – 
So, you know, so, yeah, some of those things are somewhat worrying as uh, things that you want to keep an eye on, but you, you but they're also, correctable. Yeah, they're correctable, and they're some of them could just be you know kind of the yips of big time team coming in. And keep in mind, he's a quarterback. Sean Chambers is a quarterback and the most spotlight position in American sports. And for people don't like the traditional ESPN way to present games is quarterback versus quarterback. And and that's just kind of been ingrained into everybody's brain when it comes to looking at football teams. So he's going up against Kelly Bryant. You, you don't think that he wanted to like outplay Kelly Bryant? You know? Like, he didn't have yeah. his eyes set on, on big things. So some of that might be the opponent, um, the in, you know, time off of the injury, the nerves of starting a new season, the nerves of having a fairly large crowd. Um, for War Memorial Stadium, and and just being the you know the opening game of the season, um, yeah, there, it, it could be a mul- one of one of or a combination of a multitude of things. But there's they didn't make the big mistake, you know. Um, I thought um, I don't know. I, I with without watching the game, I but to check it on Twitter, um, I saw you know Missouri started to kind of stage a small comeback in the fourth quarter started threatening again and it was like okay they're you know wyoming's gonna leave the door open and missouri's gonna steal one away but and and they came close to it from what it seems maybe you can speak a little bit more on that but but wyoming made the plays they needed to make they were opportunistic there they probably have a couple of moments like you said settling for a field goal instead of going for six that, that they feel like they could have gotten more out of but ultimately they they did what it takes to win and when they're not going to get a lot tougher opponent than missouri so w- winning's all you got to do and they did it and yeah. um and props to them for for showing out on saturday yeah no i don't i don't think they're going to play a team uh that's got a a higher caliber of athlete uh when it you know when it comes to come to skill players i mean that Kelly Bryant's the best quarterback you're going to see, uh, you know, when it comes to a dual threat guy. And then, yeah, I mean, just the, with the speed and the depth of an SEC team coming in here, one that, uh, again, was received the most votes in the AP preseason poll of any unranked team. I mean, they were on the cusp of the top 25. They obviously won't be there this week. But um, there's a lot of talent in, on uh, on that team. And I, I still think they, they'll be able to make some noise in the SEC this year. I mean, they're going. They're, that's an explosive offense. They're going to put up points. Their defense is going to have to get a whole lot better. Uh, I mean, if if Wyoming is is rushing for 300 yards against you and seven yards a pop, <laughs> what do you think Georgia and, and Florida and uh, some of these other teams are, are going to do uh, in the SEC? So they'll have to get that short up. But yeah, I mean, so yeah, I don't I don't think they'll play a more talented team this season. But you know, sh- going back to Sean Chambers and, and the passing game, I mean, he's got to hit those throws. I mean, that's that's a big reason why Tyler Vanderwall was bench last season was because he there were open receivers and he couldn't hit them and I mean other than the fact that obviously Sean brings that added dimension uh with in the running game but um you know for this offense and again we'll hit on this here in a minute but um you know with some of the expectations now going forward this season if this offense is is going to take that next step because this what they showed last night was essentially what um, you know, Wyoming fans have, have 
that's the offense that they watched the last four games of last season uh, when Sean took over. Not a whole lot of difference. And if this if this offense is going to uh, you know balance itself out and take that next level in terms of overall production, I mean, you just you can't miss wide open receivers. And uh, you know, if and if this team is serious about being in contention at least, uh, you know, in the Mountain West Mountain Division come late October, the start of November. Um, you know that's that's things they've 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 got to shore up. They've got to they've got to make sure that they take advantage of when when they have those opportunities in the passing game. So, um, as far as you know, what this does for the rest of the season, absolutely. I think it, I think it uh, changes the outlook, changes the expectations. I wrote a column about it up at trib.com and postauthority.com, um, particularly when you when you see what's on their schedule coming up the, these next five or six weeks, uh, you know, we talked about it. Um, you know, five of their next six teams all had losing records uh, last season. Uh, teams that they're going to play in five of their next six games. Um, started at Texas State over the weekend. Um, and then, you know, we'll, we'll sort of see what happens when, when Mountain West play gets here. I mean, again, you open with UNLV. Um, you know, you go to San Diego State, and then you come back home uh, to play New Mexico as your first three conference games. And you know, I, I, I wouldn't. I, I think Wyoming's probably going to be favored in five of those six, and and they might even be favored just depending, you know, on, on how things shake out over the next month. They might be favored on the road at San Diego State. I mean, who knows? But you know, when, when regardless of how you did it, when when you're able to knock off a a team like Missouri with that kind of talent. Um, yeah, I mean, there, there's a different. I think there's a different expectation at this point. And you know, if if you know, we talked about on on the previous podcast that even you know, even with a loss to Missouri, I would be surprised if they weren't maybe five and two, possibly six and one, if everything fell right. You know, uh, going into that um, Nevada game um, in late October, but. Now I think anything less than five or five or six wins going into that Nevada game would be a disappointment. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think this team is is obviously we, we've and we talked about this before. They, they've got to stay healthy. I think they got out of last night's game relatively healthy. Uh, Craig Roll didn't voice any concerns about any serious injuries or a couple guys that went down with cramps. Um, but uh, you know they, they've got to stay healthy, particularly along the the line of scrimmage. But if they can do that, man, they they've they've got a chance to sort of set themselves up um, as as sort of being a, a dark horse in the Mountain West Mountain Division. Oh man, it, it absolutely. But it's funny because we say that, but also the Mountain West, like, we is it stronger than we think? Is are people just you know? Because the Mountain West showed out. It wasn't just Hawaii's win, you know, in the in the opening yeah. weekend. They went hard. <laughs> The Mountain West, yeah, brought it. I don't, I don't. I mean, there's there's a lot of overreaction to one week, and I don't, I, I don't want to sit here and make it sound like I'm saying, oh, Wyoming beat Missouri, so you know they're gonna, you know, they're gonna be, uh, you know, seven and one, eight and one going into, you know, the those into November when their schedule really beefs up. I mean, who knows what's gonna happen? There's a lot that can change. Again, we mentioned injuries. You know, personnel can be different. That can drastic drastically uh, change, you know, an outlook or expectations and, and what you can do. But, uh, yeah, Wyoming, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying at all that Wyoming can just roll out there and show up and win. They'll have to play well 
to 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 beat Texas State. They'll have to play well to to beat uh, Tulsa on the road. Uh, they'll have to play well, you know, to beat UNLV. Um, you know, who, who's got their quarterback or Monty Rogers back this year? I mean, they'll if they play well, they can they have the ability to win those games. And a big reason for that is because of what what they just showed capable of against again the best team from a talent perspective that they're going to play all season. Um, but yeah, as far as like the week, I don't. I mean, yeah, I was impressed with Boise State, particularly the, the true freshman quarterback Hank Bachmeyer. Uh, I think he threw for more than four hundred yards, if I'm not mistaken, uh, in that game. But um, you know, Florida State is they. They weren't good last year. They had a losing record. We'll see kind of what that looks like uh, as the season goes forward. Um, you know, Nevada beat Purdue. Purdue's not a great Big Ten team. <laughs> I mean, it's it's Purdue. So um, I, I don't I don't know. We'll, we'll see going forward. But I mean, I don't. Yeah, I, th- I do think uh, you know. There's a tendency to sort of overreact sometimes to to uh, to what happens after the first week of the season. I, I don't know if it's so much that people just want something to talk about because they've been waiting the whole offseason for it. I'm not sure. But, yeah, I mean, it's way too early to say, oh, this team's going to do this or this team's going to do that. Yeah, I, I completely agree. It happens all the time. Um, the, the overreactions are just some, whatever. But um, but I, I but Wyoming's going to run the table this year. It's going to happen. They're going to top out at number six in the college football playoff poll. <laughs> then, and it's going to be wild. Um also, I hear you besmirching Purdue like that. Don't say that too loud because Purdue's mascot, Purdue Pete, is the most terrifying thing. You think that a negative words about their football team will hurt him? Look into Purdue Pete's eyes. All right? That, there is a, right. There's an absence of soul in that mascot. Do you think words could hurt him? No. Purdue Pete will, he will haunt your dreams for decades. If you let him, um, well, you know, you know who won't haunt your dreams for decades? Purdue football. Well, there you go, man. You again, say that loud enough, and Kyle Orton will come from wherever he's <laughs> at and just come. Kyle Orton, what a heck of a name drop! <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're buddies. Um, he he <laughs> says I can just call him Kyle, but I think it's a little too informal. Um, <laughs> but it's just. I don't know. I think just the natural reaction is to where our appetite for football is almost constant, right? Like the NFL network, the Longhorn network, all basically what ESPN does. It's all NFL live, you know, nine months out of the year. It's Monday morning quarterback. It's it's college football waking up at uh, like seven o'clock in the morning here and then Sundays are for the NFL, you know, which is where there's an oversaturated plus the A, the AAF, uh, right? Yeah, the AAF, the American yeah. Alliance of Football or whatever. And then the XFL's coming. We just we just love it, man. We just gotta love football, right? And and college football is arguable in without doubt the best, and we love it so much that we will feast and gorge and binge and just overfeed ourselves on that first week until there's actual substance and things to be had and, and actual takeaways and actual um, norms and consistencies to take away from a team rather than just like, you know, capturing lightning in a bottle for one game. Um, but in, and um, before I forget, shout outs, Boise State pulling it off. Um, 
against Florida State. That was probably the game of the week, I think, or at least from like the the two games I watched this this weekend. Uh, the other being Nebraska being South Florida, South Alabama. But um, you're gonna make Wyoming fans mad at you. Hey man, just saying. Look, I don't. Y'all, y'all want to be mad at me for not watching a game on the CBS Sports Network when the CBS when the, I have the CBS Sports app and a cable login and I still can't stream the game on the CBS Sports app even though it's on the CBS Sports Network. A, that's dumb, and B, I'm not gonna go looking for it because uh, the 1975 uh, Live at Reading set uh, was posted to YouTube like a week ago and I watched it for like the fourth time and it's so good. <laughs> um, but yeah. It's just football, baby, and it's it's good to have it back. And um, Wyoming done, Wyoming done did it, folks. They done did it, and but they didn't just scrape by either. They it appeared they were the better team on Saturday, which is probably the the most impressive thing for me, rather than just like es- escaping with the win. And but also like shouts to like the crowd, like a quality game, big win, but like you're going to storm the field after beating an unranked team, you know, kind of thing. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Talk, tell me I'm a clown for for like harshing a vibe on storming the field after beating a team that was not like I don't know. They they yeah. they were squat last year. They are unranked and you know. They won eight they, they were 8 and 5 last year. If you storm the if you storm the field after beating an eight win team, then like what does storming the field even mean? You know. Well, I don't. I don't it doesn't have so much to do with that. It's, I, just, I don't. I didn't have a problem with it. I mean, it look as we mentioned, they never they hardly ever beat power five teams. I mean, that's that's a rare thing at Wyoming, and let alone an SEC team. I mean, Wyoming should play SEC teams home at more. They've done it twice, and they've won twice. <laughs> so, but hey, hey, man. Bring on Alabama. That's what I'm saying. Bring on Bama. Let's let's let the true national <laughs> okay. champion be one at seventy two twenty. Bring it on. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know about all that. Let's not get carried away with that. But no, I don't I don't I don't have a problem with that, man. That's a I mean, Craig, I actually asked Craig Bowl last night kind of where this win um, you know ranks for him, and he sort of sidestepped it and was like, "Eh, I'm not gonna, I'm not really gonna, I'm gonna reserve judgment on that." But dude, this is, I mean. And particularly, you have to think about where Craig Bowl is trying to get this team, which is a consistent bowl team, if not a, a sort of a dark horse candidate um, to contend for a Mountain Division championship every year. I mean, it, look, he was he was brought here to turn this program around, and and you know after what he did at North Dakota State, three straight FCS national championships. Um, you know, Tom, the athletic director Tom Berman's talked about that. Even since he's hired him, he he wanted to get him hired quick before anybody else snatched him up. And I'm telling you right now, I know the results haven't always been there. Um, last season was sort of you know up and down in the first year of the post Josh Allen era. But Craig Bowles are real a heck of a football coach, man. And I know it's not the sexiest brand of football, and it can be boring and it can be frustrating at times for fans to watch. Um, but I mean. He, He's a good coach, man, and uh, you know they've been close at times. And uh, you know, you, you mentioned we've mentioned um, them being competitive uh, up, you know, for three quarters basically last year against Washington State, before Washington State just turned it on and and ran away from them in the fourth quarter. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think this is. I mean, you could argue it's his biggest win. Uh, I would, I would say, I would venture to say it is his biggest win since he's been at Wyoming. Um, again, with, and with the circumstances surrounding. 
Missouri. I mean, you talked about him, you know, just being an eight-win team last year. But I mean, you bring in a, a transfer quarterback from the defending national champions. They're again on the cusp of the top twenty-five. I mean, this is a. We'll see what Missouri does this year, but uh, they'll obviously they'll have to get better defensively. But I'm still not ruling out this Missouri team being a nine, possibly ten-win team this year. So, uh, you know, we'll, yeah. we'll we'll see what happens. But, um. Yeah, let's let's talk about the the defense for a second. I mean, that's that's something we need to hit on because, um, you know, we mentioned how good they were against the run. Um, the the one area of concern I think just what in this game is is one that, um, you know they've they've had and, and we've had for for the whole off season and all the fall camp is the pass rush or the lack thereof. And it just – I mean, the only pressure they really got on Kelly Bryant last night was when they, they brought five or six guys in their blitz packages. Um, rushing four, it was virtually non-existent. Um, they, they really had – they really had one – they had two sacks officially. They really had one. Um, the second one uh, was actually on that very last drive – um, when when Missouri was go, was driving for the winning touchdown, I actually when they got the ball back uh, with a little less than two and a half minutes, I, I thought Missouri was going to go down and score because Craig Bowl talked about it and uh, Logan Wilson talked about it after the game. I mean, you, I know there's a lot of talk about the elevation and that possibly you know having an effect on Missouri, but the, the play discrepancy. I didn't even realize this until uh, after the game, but Missouri ran 90 plays to Wyoming's 58. That defense was on the field almost twice as long as Missouri's was, and they were gassed, man, in, in that, that final drive. And they just had to find a way to pull it out. And, you know, the, one of those sacks, um, I, I think you know, Josiah Hall, you you got to give him some credit for collapsing the, the pocket a little bit and, and uh, you know, limiting the space that Kelly Bryant had to work with when he tried to scramble. But it was second and six, I believe, when – uh, Missouri was, I think they were at like the 30-yard line, Wyoming's 30, and uh, they were moving the ball at will, and Kelly Bryant tried to, you know, he felt the pressure coming from the left side, and uh, he, try, he tried to sort of hop over the offensive lineman and sort of tripped, and, uh, you know, Josiah Hall eventually you know, corralled him and, and, and got him to the ground. But if that doesn't happen, I, I still think Missouri drives down for and, and scores a touchdown and wins that game because uh, they, they were moving it easy. And he ended up getting that sack, and I think it was like third and t- – turned into third and 11, I think it was. And, um, you know, Kelly Bryant threw two incompletions and, and uh, Wyoming held on to win the game. But, um, you know, it's it, – most of the, the pass – most of their success in the passing game – came when they sat back in that zone and because there were there were a lot of most of the time they're just Wyoming wasn't getting any pressure and Kelly Bryant had five six seconds to throw the ball and when you have that much time eventually somebody's going to break wide open um so that's that's something that they still are gonna I I don't I don't know if they're gonna really have an answer for that all season Uh, I think they're gonna if they want to generate pressure they're probably just going to have to do it uh, with blitz packages and bringing more guys and sort of trying to trying to mix up, you know, some zone blitzes and playing man on the back end and um, doing a lot of things like that. Uh, so I think it was sort of a, a mixed bag uh, in terms of uh, how, how they looked. And, you know, the first game with the, the post-Scotty Hazleton era and with Jake Dickert taking over. Um, but I think for the most part, I, I think they, they did pretty well. 
Um, it, I know, you know, the 537 yards, that may not seem like it, but we, we mentioned what they were able to do holding um, Wyoming's rushing game um, in, in check and holding them to 2.7 yards to carry and, and really making them sort of, uh, you know, one-dimensional. And a lot of those passing yards came in the in the second half when you know Wyoming had a three score lead for the most part um, those last two quarters and and you know that they had Missouri had to throw to sort of play catch up, um, but there I mean there were some there were some busted coverages there was I mean the fifty three yard touchdown pass the very you know midway through the through the fourth quarter um, you know he, he, Jonathan Nash caught along the sideline and. Uh, Elijah Halliburton came up, and I don't know what he was doing. I mean, just sort of, yeah, I don't think he even got a finger on him, and he sort of sidestepped him and outran everybody for a touchdown. So, um, obviously, there's some they've got to get better in that aspect, and they're going to have to find w- different ways to generate pressure because they can't let quarterbacks sit back there for for five six seconds and and, and you know just pick them apart. And you know you're not you're not going to win a ton of games uh, um, if you're if you're giving up 530, 550 yards a game, I don't, I don't think they'll do that because, like Missouri's an explosive offense, man. They're, they're going to put, I think they're going to put some num- numbers like that up on just about everybody they play. But, um, you know, there's a lot of uh, talk about, you know, obviously the big names they lost with their you know, first game without Andrew Winger and Marcus Epps and Carl Granderson and you know some of those guys. Uh, but uh, I will say one thing I will say for them is they flew around the ball. I mean, for you know, obviously we talked about the turnovers. You know, Asias Gandhi was a guy we didn't even really talk about hardly in the preseason. Uh, was a backup to Elijah Halliburton at that uh, strong safety spot. He was the one that forced the fumble. Uh, Kelly Bryant that C.J. Colden picked up in return for a touchdown. Uh, he had a pass breakup. Uh, Elijah Halliburton was, you know, he – he sort of whiffed on that on that touchdown pass there in that fourth quarter, but I mean, he had 17 tackles, career high. Uh, Logan Wilson, you know, you expect him to to do well. I mean, he had I think 13 tackles, and then Chad Muma, who's their third linebacker, he was all over the place. He had 10 tackles, so three different guys, double digit tackles, and um, you know, I, for for the mistakes that they made, I mean, they, they at least they're. They were – you didn't have to question the effort, man. They were flying around the ball, making things happen. And obviously when you do that, you can create some turnovers like they did. Yeah, and that's – like you, like we kind of talked about last week, and I think we've alluded to already, kind of talked about how Wyoming would need to create turnovers in order to stay competitive with, with Missouri. and they, But they weren't just turnovers, though. They were monumental shifts in the game, you know? Yep. Like the, yep. it, it wasn't timely turnovers. Yeah, it wasn't just that you know, like oh, he ju- you know, jumped her out and picked off the ball as Missouri was driving, or it it wasn't just um, you know a muffed you know a muff punt that you know Wyoming hops on and it gets good field position. We're talking about Missouri going to score and steal momentum going into halftime, and then Wyoming essentially just saying no, you're not and. Take, yeah. And taking this physical energy into the second half, and in a deflated Missouri, and making a deflated Missouri team come back and try to beat them with a clear ten point swing, and then you're talking, you know, the the interception is huge. I mean, that's another huge yeah. swing, not only in momentum but on physic, like tangibly on the scoreboard. This is, yeah. The, the, like we, like I kind of said before, they weren't just opportunistic; they were 
there was something else entirely. I mean, it was yeah. they they were opportunistic in what they were given, but they also just created chances for themselves and they they made the smart plays. I mean, they gave up some big plays, but they didn't try to do too much and let, you know, let them trip over themselves or become their own worst enemies. They did the smart, simple, at some points, conservative plays in order to make sure that Missouri didn't bust more big plays. And and against a dynamic quarterback like Kelly Bryant, that's very difficult. So one of my, yeah. one of my fascinations um, before that before the game was to see how Craig Bowl was going to kind of scheme against Kelly Bryant and and how that defense was going to look, knowing all of the talent. And then we talked about their running back is no slouch either. So that's all the weapons that they had. And yeah, again they put up yards. They they did all of that. But when push came when push came to shove, Wyoming made the stops. They bent, they bent, but very seldom broke. And at some point, when they bent, it was like rubber band effect, and they f- swung back hard in the other direction in the form of a big fumble recovery, almost returned for a touchdown, and then the, yeah. the interception that was so huge. I, I don't, I don't. I, if I was a team trying to scout against Wyoming's defense, I. I would have trouble sleeping for probably the first two or three nights thinking, how are we going? How can we attack them? You know, how can we best attack them without risking turnovers upon ourselves? Um, yeah, seven seven trips into the red zone for Missouri. And Wyoming held them to 24 points in those possessions. Um, th- and three, to- three times, Missouri didn't get any points out of it. Uh, what, I mean... Yowie, yeah, wow. So... <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean that's that's one of the differences in the ball game. I mean Missouri scores on two of those possessions. They score touchdowns on two of those possessions that Wyoming loses. So, um, yeah. you know, yeah, there's. I mean that's it's obviously not a good thing that you have a you're allowing an offense to get in your red zone seven times. I mean that more often than not that they're they're going to get at least some sort of points out of that. And uh, you know that's you, you got to be better bet- between the twenties. But yeah, I, I do, and I do think it'll be interesting sort of see how they how they attack it going forward. Because I think they're that they, you had to just sort of pick your poison with with Kelly Bryant in this offense because he could do so much with your legs and so much with your arm. And I, I think it was I think it's pretty clear that their game plan was to you know what he may pick us apart at times, um, but w- we don't want to let him get outside the pocket, break contain, and and you know, become a, a threat on, on the edge uh, with his legs. And, again, to hold him to basically 38 yards rushing, I mean, they, they, they succeeded in that area. They're just going to have to uh, – they're going to have to find a way to generate pressure uh, more consistently because you, you just can't let any decent quarterback sit back there for that long and and, uh, and pick you apart. So, um, you know, there's obviously – there's room for improvement as, 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 you know, as big of a win as that was, there's – the, the the good news is Wyoming, I think, can be better on both sides of the ball, and, and they'll have to be. So, uh, you know, looking forward real quick to next week, Texas State. Um, that's a team that is not very good. Won three games last year. They're, you know, under a new head coach now in Jake Spavital. And, um, you know, they, they went to Texas A&M last week. And, uh, you know, maybe not fair to, to uh, fully assess Texas State on uh, – 
going on the road to play the number 12 team in the country the first week, but they 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 were just horrendous offensively. They 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 threw they played two quarterbacks and both of them threw two interceptions, I think. They they combined for four interceptions. Uh just couldn't do anything offensively. Um so, you know, that that's a game that that Wyoming again, if the, you know, as long as they don't shoot themselves in the foot, as long as they execute, do what they're supposed to do, um Wyoming should win that game. They actually they they opened um, as a seven and a half point favorite uh, in Vegas this week, and it's actually down to six and a half um, as of Sunday afternoon. But um, yeah, I mean that's 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 a game that that you know if you're at this point if if you're trying to have the season that that you that you hope to have if you're Wyoming that, that that's a game you got to win. Yeah, well, I'm putting it out in the universe right now. I've got a theory that this is Wyoming's year because. When you've got a, a a pony on the sidelines, and you're and this happens the season after Old Town Road has been released, big things are gonna happen, man. I mean, uh, <laughs> that's. I I'm, think we're about. I think we're about done here, Brady. Nah, can't nobody tell me nothing, Davis. This is this is what's happening. This is all Lil Nas X putting it out in the world and if the cowboy if the pokes win a conference championship this year i i want it known now that i will throw at least a uh, half percent credit to to nos b- because of that um yeah, yeah. that's what give, i that's, give, that's, give give brady oltman's his props wyoming that's all he asks. yeah yeah holla 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 at me holla at your boy yeah 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 all right, I think we've uh, bantered long enough, Brady. We can go ahead and wrap it up there. Um, I don't, not sure if we'll come back with another podcast later in the week. Maybe, possibly, um, just depends on kind of what our schedules are. But um, you know, if we if we don't, then obviously we just won't. We'll uh, talk to you guys after the Texas State game. Um, but um, you can follow us on Twitter. Um, at Pokes Authority at Wild Varsity. You can follow me on Twitter at Davis E. Potter and also follow Brady on the Twitter machine at Brady Oltmans. This podcast is on iTunes, Google Play, and Podbean. So be sure to uh, download it, like it, share it, give us that five-star rating. Uh, as always, continue to uh, stay locked into Trip.com and PokesAuthority.com for complete coverage of uh, Wyoming throughout the season. Um, Brady, I appreciate you coming on and talking with me. Appreciate all of you guys for listening, and we will talk to you guys again in the future. Thanks.